This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. That means we're back for another week, which means I get my main man, J.P. Jacob Padilla, joining us for another week of Nebraska Preps postgame. J.P., how was the weekend, buddy? Your, your, your Packers hung on. You have to feel good about that. Volleyball goes 2-0, although not aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, that environment oh, yeah. seemed to be Top notch going on at the Bob. Oh yeah, the that the uh, the noise in that fifth set, loudest it's been all season, and that place gets pretty loud. Uh, so. Not a boy. I so a, a, a little goodwill and and uh, you didn't you weren't crying for Argentina or playing the violin when the Buccaneers appear not to know what to do for a two point conversion. <laughs> Don't probably have that on the script, do you, Tampa Bay? Like, what was going on? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, it's it's funny because it seemed like there was a uh, delay a game on the touchdown itself, and then they actually got one. They push push it even too far on the extra uh, the, or the two point conversion. So, um, yeah, it's the entire way down the field. It's like. You knew like the way they were playing is going to come down to two point conversion. Yeah. Uh, it's they're just not stopping them here. It's soft, uh, big big cushions and covers. It's drop back, no br- no bus, and doesn't really work when there's like three minutes and change. Uh, you can kind of <laughs> just take whatever you need to at that point. But hey, they got it done. Uh, got just enough offense in the start, and the defense is really starting to settle in. Hey, do you feel like not to go all NFL during Nebraska prep <laughs> post game, but? Um, your quarterback did have a 103 rating yesterday, uh, even in spite of the pick. Do you feel like – what are the Vikings missing when you watch them? Are they not the most perplexing team? They can't blame a guy that's no longer their head coach anymore. Like, what is it about Minnesota where they sleepwalk? Is it just Cousins? Well, uh, yeah, I guess you can go with the Cousins primetime curse for last week. Uh, this one was – the noon o'clock or the noon hour, uh, um, so not really a primetime game there, but, hey, they found a way to <laughs> steal it there at the end. But, yeah, it's uh, kind of a confusing team. There's some talent there, but they've never been able to put it all together. And I, I think O'Connell's doing a decent enough job. Um, I think we've seen some good things from him so far, so we'll see if that ends up being a real upgrade and um, can push him over the top of only a few weeks in now. But, uh, yeah, that's it's 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 a confusing team for sure. Uh, before we get off the NFL, uh, and Tampa Bay's good against the run, but were you a little alarmed that you could not run the ball yesterday? Not really. I didn't. I don't think anybody can run the ball against Tampa. Uh, that's kind of been – Remember when we used to just think it was because teams got behind? Yeah, no, they're actually pretty no, good against the run. Yeah, with those linebackers, with obviously we know Levante David and how smart he is, but with uh, 
uh, is partnered back there. The coverage, the closing speed. Obviously, you got Vita Vey up front. You just can't run against that guy. Huge, dude. <laughs> Goodness huge. gracious. Yeah, man, if you like uh, nose tackle play there, interior lineman play there, Kenny Clark and Vita Vea, two of the best in the league there. How about how Kenny Clark has, like, been rebirthed? Like, people knew what he was capable of potentially. Just showed you peaks. But in Green Bay, well, he's a he's a different kind of player. Well, and he's still firmly in the middle of his prime. He's in his mid to late twenties there. Yeah. He he, was, he came in. They drafted him as a pretty young guy, relatively speaking, for football, and he's been tearing it up basically his entire career. So it's fun to see kind of what he does every week, um, especially considering uh, the uh, the amount of arm bars and uh, holdings that. Like that, like I get there's like some degree of holding on every play and he can't call everything, but how many times can you have an offensive lineman put his arm around a defensive lineman's helmet and hold him back that way (laughs) and not get a call? Like that was crazy. It was like every other play you were seeing is like, wait, what is that? You're like, um, I don't think that's legal. I I think they usually call that. (laughs) And then you had the one where Clark did get the sack where um, the other guy, Shot between two players, being oh. held on both of them. Do you like getting the slow mo on those? <laughs> it's like I, I saw it live. Like uh, I didn't need the slow mo t- on that t- one. T- like, t- TV what? is not doing this officiating crew any favors right about now. As we, uh, I was gonna say, no, yeah, we, we've all right. <laughs> so that's your NFL minute. Well, you know it's inevitable because during basketball season there will be a couple of sessions where we'll just go NBA for like six, seven <laughs> yeah. minutes and then have to move off. This is a good week, though, to uh, um, kind of stall a little bit considering some of the uh, the results we had in, in Class A on Friday. It's a yeah, it got out, of, got out of hand in a hurry with some of the scores. We can we can start with, with number one, right Westside, side. Uh, which was a top ten, a potential top ten matchup. I mean, Norfolk was in the receiving votes category, um, and I felt like – I didn't think it was going to be the type of outcome that the game dictated once it broke out, but got off to a quick start, and they turned the ball over early. Christian Jones had the pick, got it down to the one, turned it into a quick score, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah, and uh, we sound like Anthony Rezac got banged up a little bit there. Um, but Yeah, did not okay. play after yeah. halfway through the second quarter. A thumb came down on the helmet, which is almost every OC's fear <laughs> yeah. when – dealing with a quarterback but uh he's good to go uh x-rays checked out and and he'll be ready to roll as we get a tough one uh traveling out to north platte uh this friday uh gretna full steam ahead there was no look ahead uh in their matchup some thought that maybe you know bellevue west Maybe in the front mirror as opposed to the rear view mirror. No. Yeah. Uh, they handled a, a Bellevue East bunch who came in with a little momentum. Three and one record, feeling pretty good. I think they knew it was going to be tough just considering how the schedule had played out. But Gretna, doing Gretna things. Well, and again, it continues to be Isaiah Weber doing the damage. I think, what, three straight weeks he's been over 100 yards um, rushing now. 12 carries, 134 yards. Uh, three scores. Zane Four has only completed half his passes, but uh, but averaged twenty two yards a, comp- uh, a completion. So that's uh, not 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 too bad there. Um, had a fifty yarder, um, four touchdowns. So again, even on an off completion day, he's still hitting some for some big plays. Um, they got Alex Wilcoxon in there for for some QB snaps there. Um, I think the biggest thing for Zane is, I mean, it's kind of his receiving core is is drastically different. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think he's kind of feeling his way along a little bit in terms of how to get used to 
new faces and new places. Timing. And especially after losing Joe Roll. Um, arguably one of the best receivers in the state. Yeah, and the guy he had the best chemistry with that he had thrown the most passes to. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, that's like 63-9. It was 28-3 in the first quarter, 28-6 in the second quarter. Uh, so uh, and looking like a lot, a lot of backups got playing time in the second half for, for Gretna, and uh, like you said, sets up for a, a big week this week. Uh, c- continuing the trend, I mean, geez, Elkhorn South, eighty-four fourteen over Omaha Northwest. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little troubling, right? That was fifty-seven nothing at the half. It was forty-four nothing uh, early in the second quarter. I mean, there's just not much I think Elkhorn South could do to. To slow that one down. I I think I saw that um, Cole Boward had four carries for four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, a, I mean, again, your best player only touched the ball four times and uh, they still put up 84 points. So it's, I mean, it's it just had some rough matchups. Some teams that just were not ready to play on the same field as the best teams in the state. And they happened to kind of all fall on this day on, on the calendar. Yeah, Omaha North, who had the Thursday night matchup, just rolling right along as as they hammered Omaha Central. Yeah, and I mean, Tishon Porter doing what he does, uh, almost 100 yards, uh, seven and a half yards of carry, three touchdowns. But story there, Sebastian Serco, um, again, continuing to settle in here after missing the, the start of the season. Completed 13 of his 14 passes for 274 yards. I'm curious, is that, a, is that efficient? I, yeah. Is that good? I believe that's a 92.9% oh, completion rate. Good. That's that'd be good. good in class, too. <laughs> um, that's an A. So, yeah, again, we're, we're looking ahead to that, that big matchup with Elkhorn South later in the season as they kind of work through the, the easier part of their schedule. But um, they spread the ball around, too. Uh, had uh, a bunch of guys w- with, w- with receiving yards there. So, um it's, I mean, this team is continuing, I think, to, to kind of settle in. It was 27-0 at the end of the first quarter. Um, and then, again, they kind of hit the cruise button for the uh, the rest of the game. Um, right off the bat, uh, Champ Davis, big kickoff return uh, inside the five on uh, the first play of the game. Yeah. Um, kind it's of a quick 90-yarder to get things started, yeah, wasn't it? Not bad. Uh, special teams are uh, uh, pretty important in, in football. So, um, yep, that's... So yeah, those are the uh, the top four teams. That is a lot uh, to a very little uh, in terms of the aggregate scoring there. Hey, how about this one though? Uh, which is the film that I've been on, just watching all of well, we play them um, awfully close to each other. So North Platte took on Carney, nineteen six final. Carney just continuing to find ways to win. They've got a toughie this week in the rivalry versus Grand Island, but. Don't necessarily make the all-bus team, but really well-coached. They have a lot of good players, right? It's just That's a well-coached, well-disciplined team that found a way to win a tough, kind of grimy football game against North Platte. Yeah, and uh, Carney just still can't really uh, establish much on the ground. Uh, they had 23 carries for 58 yards in the game, um, but – you give up six points, you're going to have a chance to win. And that's, that's what they did. And that the, the six didn't come until the fourth quarter. That was 21 nothing uh, heading into the fourth there for, for Carney. Uh, Traven Beckman, three touchdowns, uh, 11 of 18 passing. Um, again, guy like I was impressed with that week one, really in his first start, got up to a slow start and settled in and 
seems like he's been playing pretty well ever since for them and giving them a chance to, to win all their games. So, um, yeah, that's, again, North Platte, uh, not what they were last year, but that's still a good program. And to to win, to hold that team to six points, uh, that's an impressive showing for, for the Kearney defense. Uh, Creighton Prep, the best 500 team in the state, I think most people will agree. Yeah, uh, yeah you can throw them in, in with the top there in terms of uh, just another – Easy win there. It was thirty-seven nothing uh, against Burke. Um, again, we've talked about Burke is kind of rebuilding. Interesting note for for Prep. Um, looks like they had Sam Sessman out there catching a couple of passes, and they tried out Tony Coniglio, uh, sophomore at, at quarterback. Um, completed two of his four passes for thirty-one yards. Just can't quite no. <laughs> lock in on that quarterback yeah. situation. Dean Donaldson's 4 of 10 for just 33 yards. Uh, did throw a touchdown pass um, to, to Michael Burt. Um, but Sharma Brown, 105 yards on the ground, two scores, and it looked like they went heavy with the, the Ezra Vedro, six carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown. So. It's, it's interesting, too. You know, Burke flagged 11 times uh, and for penalties. It kind of kind of bogged that, that game down, but Kind of lost in the shuffle for Burke is as I really like Blankenship Jones. Um, he's kind of having to do everything. He's playing a little quarterback sometimes for Burke. Uh, he's he's outstanding in the secondary. They're just trying to to figure out ways to get the ball in his in his hands. I think he's one of the better players in the Metro that kind of flies under the radar because his team doesn't rack up a ton of wins. But he's a pretty good player. Yep. So and like you said, prep. That win moved prep back to, to 500 there after the uh, <laughs> the rough start uh, with the, the teams they played early on, um, and they're still still figuring out that quarterback situation. But the rest of the team looks uh, ready to go. So if, again, if they do kind of find some rhythm there, then they'll be tough at the end of the season again. Um, and then Bellevue West, uh, kind of the, the last of the kind of the huge blowouts here. It was 68-17 against Omaha South, kind of bouncing back from from that that loss to to Carney. Um, that geez, <laughs> sixty-eight, seventeen again. Just some of these scores this week. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, but I mean, you got to play all the games on the schedule. And Daniel Kalen, uh, just kind of probably the, his easiest night of, of the of the season. Only had, only attempted eighteen passes, one hundred eighty-nine yards, four touchdowns. Um, they they spread the ball around on the ground. Gio Contreras, one hundred ten yards on five carries. Uh, Clayton Goff got in there, six carries, 49 yards, two touchdowns. I'm big, he's a good player. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, so that's uh, just a junior there, so he's kind of working behind C- Contreras there. and um, So they did what they needed to there. Uh, that's, um, again. Pretty workmanlike. Yeah. They, and and how about this one with, with Grand Island? Like, you know, they've got – they beat North Platte. They've, they've got a – you know, a couple weeks ago, so we, we, we wanted to watch that film. Last week, they, they're they coming off the win against, uh, now it's uh, it's escaping me here. Uh, and it sets up the, sh- the showdown for them uh, against Kearney in a rivalry. I think Grand Island is, is a, and I said this when we beat them, Grand Island's a better team, I think, than, than they looked against us offensively. They just couldn't get it going. They had less than 100 yards total offense. It was a twenty-seven fourteen over Lincoln, Lincoln High. Lincoln High, that's yeah. it. okay. And we know they got some athletes. So, I, 
I kind, I'm very curious, and it's not just because, you know, we play Carney coming up after North Platte, but I'm curious to see. It's always easier when you've played against a team to be able to gauge the other team, right, because you kind of yeah. know what it feels like to play against them. I'll, I'm watching, you know, coming off the win against Fremont, I should say. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to, to see what Grand Island looks like uh, against Carney. Uh, this Friday. Yeah, uh, impressive effort on both sides. Uh, they really um, contained Hudson Cunnings, who, despite Fremont's record, not a lot of people have done that. Uh, it's been a case like, where he's putting up numbers yeah, week in and week out. He's pretty legit. Um, held him to 84 yards passing and just 49 yards on the ground um, and forced a turnover there. So um, good defensive effort. And then Jace Chrisman, six, 14 carries for 163 yards, two touchdowns, had a 72-yarder. Um, Cohen Evans doing what he needed to at quarterback there with touchdown pass, seven to ten passing, 116 yards. So it's a team again. They they lost a lot last year, including their all their key uh, playmakers. Where um, I mean, Kitan uh, Fife pretty much was the, their team, their offense last year, and a really good offensive player as well. And um, so the team that's had to replace a lot, but they're settling in now, and they they're off to a great seat, uh, start to the season, four and one now. Um, again, that was a 38-14 win over Fremont, and like you said, now they go to Kearney. That, that'll be a big one on, on Friday night, uh, five versus eight there in the NEB Preps uh, coaches poll. Yeah, speaking of of kind of getting it together, yes. riding the ship southeast, pretty impressive um, over Millard North. I think this score kind of surprised some people, and it took two fourth-quarter touchdowns from Millard North to get it to this point. They went into the fourth quarter down 42-14. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that really caught some people's eye. Yeah. You know, Coach Lamangi and I were following along, just kind of, you know, we wanted to s- kind of see what was going on. And, and and Owen Baxter, very efficient. And just and it turned into the Butenback, the B2B show, as as Cash and Max both had both had good performances. Yeah, and that, that's where I was on Thursday. And um, honestly, the, the – he, big difference was turnovers. Uh, I mean, Miller North, and again, you said they, they fell by an early, but they, they got it going a little bit. They scored some late. They had a chance to kind of make that thing interesting. But uh, Lincoln Southeast forced four turnovers, scored on three of them, and the fourth was um, an interception at the end of the half in the, in the end zone. So they <laughs> didn't get a chance to score on that, but it kept points off the board. Uh, it, Pierre Allen Jr., just sophomore there, the son of the former Husker, had a really impressive pick six there where it kind of jumped out uh, to a throw in the flat, tipped it up to himself, caught it, and, and ran it back. Um, what do you think his upside is? It, it'll be interesting to see kind of as he continues to grow. He's still a young guy, just 6'2". Um, he said just 6'2". <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Dad was a pretty good, pretty big guy, so, um, or is. Um, so we'll see kind of where his size settles in right now. He's kind of a, kind of a smaller defensive end playing for them, playing a little bit offense. Um, so... Um, We'll have to see kind of where, like, how much uh, more size he continues to add. But um, he, he was impressed. I heard his name a lot. Um, I didn't see uh, final. Yeah, you and I were tackle. texting back and forth during that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. There it is. Um, so, yeah, he had uh, – oh, there he is. Uh, 11 tackles. So, yeah, I think that career high for him there, again, just starting now as a sophomore. Um he, he, he played really well. It seemed like he was always around the ball. Eh. And then they had two interceptions. And that's, pro- that's part of the problem. Like, Millward North, w- with the way they, their offense goes, like, they've got to be able to hit some of those, those kind of uh, 
big plays at out of the, the triple option, those um, kind of big chunk plays. And that's something they had done previously. They ha- they've had some big uh, yeah. passing completions, and they just couldn't get the, uh, couldn't, uh, Evan Hansen just could not get on the same page with his receivers. Um, he's only three for ten passing for fifty two yards. Um, did have a really nice touchdown uh, catch for Pierce Mooberry. Um, well, he can go get it. Can he? <laughs> he had two of their three receptions, and both of them were like, "Yeah, uh, I'll, I'm taking this ball now." Yeah, so he, he can go get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I was really impressed with Caden Vermas. Eleven carries for 187 yards, one touchdown, and Hanson continued to run the ball again. And what? Uh, they they were without Colin Colin Bogot, so I know you was impressed uh, yeah. against you guys another previous week. They, uh, yeah, uh, again another one of those sophomores, but um, he was out injured, so CT Thielen got the start. And Hanson, like throughout the first half, Hanson almost always kept the ball or, or gave the deep pitch. He rarely handed it off there to to, to the fullback. Um, then Thielen opened the second half with an eighty some yard uh, touchdown run. Uh, I believe it's eighty one yard touchdown on their first play of the second half. And like, all right, maybe we can get the ball to this guy. And he ended up finishing with um, 19 carries for 194 yards and touchdown by my count with most of that done in the second half. So props to him for stepping up. And they found something there in the second half, a little bit better balance uh, within their offense. But again, when you give the ball away uh, that many times, uh, just didn't end. They couldn't get stops uh, between that. Like, again, Southeast scored 56 points, their highest point total since I don't know when. If you're, if you're Southeast, how would you play? Uh, I the way that they play, their offensive identity is is been a little bit disjointed. I, I think that offensive line is starting to settle in a little bit better, and you can see that in the the play of Max Beatenbeck in particular, who he he's a guy that's he's pretty patient. Like the way his running style, um, he'll kind of pick his way through traffic, find a spot, and then hit it. He's not a guy that's just going to run right in the pile, hammer it. He's not a guy that's going to necessarily bounce it outside every time. He's a guy that's going to be looking for his hole. He's gonna. He's got good balance again, good patience the way he runs. So you got to get some holes for him. Um, and I think they started to do that. They they, they really dominate the line of scrimmage uh, uh, on uh, Thursday night. And I uh, Butenbach had both Butenbachs actually um, had a really nice game. Cash had, had a good game as well, kind of playing behind him. Um, at Butenbach, 18 carries, 116 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, Southeast did, and Cash uh, nine carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and Owen Baxter, uh, you don't, they don't Extremely. need him to be a volume guy, but yeah. he had some, you'll take six or seven though with the big plays. And, and that's exactly what it was. It was big plays. It was, I think at least three different third and longs. He converted either through the air or with his feet. Um, and so that's, that's what you need him. You don't necessarily need him to, to throw 20 passes and throw for 300 yards. But if he makes the timely plays to complement that running game and he can, he can make plays with his feet and his arm. Um, and that's what he did on Friday night. Like Miller North had a couple chances to get off the field. They they put Southeast behind the uh, behind the chains, and Baxter and a couple of his uh, his weapons made plays when they really needed to. Um, so that 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 was a difference on the game. Like if you've got a, a timely uh, or a quarterback making timely plays, a good running game, and you've got a, a pretty tough um, front defensively, then you have a chance to to win a lot of games. So Southeast. A bit of a slow start again. They they opened with with a couple of tough games, um, but they they look to have kind of found their stride now. Again, that offensive line is playing better, really settling in, uh, and now they've got a big one on Friday with the league in Southwest. They've already lost 
uh, one city battle w- with Lincoln East. Yeah, um, that was early week two. Yeah, and so now this is a ch- and, and Southwest beat East, so this is a chance another Lincoln game here. Um, uh, Southeast got a lot on the line there going to, to play at Southwest. Yeah, we'll round out top ten with uh, they had a bye uh, with Papio La Vista South sitting at four and one. They get Omaha South this week, uh, and then. A, a pretty stiff test as they'll get Gretna. So back-to-back weeks, Gretna will go with Bellevue West and then Papio La Vista South. Yep, and uh, important note, uh, Cam Gozil is back from Miller South, um, who uh, kind of righted the ship after uh, a rough stretch of games without him with a 49-10 at Lincoln North Star um, on, on Friday. Um, so that they're two and three now, but they've got their quarterback back. They're two and zero with their quarterback, and um, they've got a big one uh, on Thursday against Lincoln East, who uh, handled Columbus forty two fourteen. Jeter Worthley continues to to settle in there. Two hundred seventy eight yards passing, three touchdowns, um, and Mal- Malachi Coleman eight six catches, eighty one yards, touchdown. So. Um, that, that should be another good one there uh, on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and I think the, the the matchup of the of the night was in Class B with with Elkhorn traveling to Bennington, and and what was a close one score game at the half turned into more Bennington dominance as that game went along. And and and, and weird another bird in a long line of uh, good offensive players for for Bennington. Yeah, and I mean. Again, Elkhorn got off to a good start. They were up seven nothing at the end of the first. Um, Bennington led kinda, seven six until yeah. the final minutes of the second quarter. Yeah, Bennington kind of made that push and then um, hung around third quarter. And then it just Bennington just, I mean, their talent. They, they just have so many playmakers. And the guy that you mentioned, who really good player, hadn't necessarily been uh, a huge uh, uh, difference maker in terms of production. He's just kind of part of the machine uh Isaac Connor 10 catches oh, yeah. for 152 yards three <laughs> touchdowns like hey I'm still here I'm still really good uh and he he and Bird there's just nothing Elkhorn could do to stop them he is um he is quietly coming into his own you know he's a multi-sport guy and uh, he can even swing the sticks too on the golf course uh he's obviously a hooper very good football player uh easy kid to cheer for like when they're throwing the ball with efficiency to go along with how good they play defense, boy, Bennington's going to find themselves right back on a potential, not not to disrespect anybody in Class B, a potential collision course with Omaha Gross if uh, both teams continue their winning ways. Yeah, and Bird, 284 yards, 24-36 passing, four touchdowns, didn't even need to run the ball. Uh In that one, Nick Colbert, 91 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, caught a couple of passes, so... Um, again, that's when they, when you've got bird and I, uh, Connor going, that's as good a one, two, uh, passing combinations you're going to see in, in class B. And, uh, in the end they were too much for a good Elkhorn team who, again, they, uh, with, with kind of their old school style, throw out a bunch of running backs and tight ends out there and who needs wide receivers and, uh, just run that option game and, um, KJ Shanks, uh, a pretty tough back there for them, but man, it's tough when you get teams that are explosive trying to. Uh, and I, I don't know, Elkhorn can quite keep up with that um, offensively, but um, yeah, that's five zero start for Bennington. Jumped back up to number one with that win. Obviously, uh, Gross 
jumped up to number one in the coaches poll after yeah, a twenty one fourteen win uh, against Elkhorn. And they um, ham- they hammered Ralston yep. uh, on Saturday. And I'm not sure what we can learn about Gross. Maybe Plattsmith, but they've got Plattsmith, yeah. Norris, and you know they'll get the forfeit with Buena Vista before they close out with Scut. So if Gross can stay healthy, um, they should be in pretty good shape to start the playoffs. Yeah, and you mentioned kind of collision course there. Um, Bennington's got a big one against Blair, but um, we saw that Blair kind of had their first test uh, against Gross, and Gross handled them. So we'll see if they're able to learn anything from that. Um, Blair, 23-3 win over Elkhorn Mount Michael um, this week, but those are the two 5-0 and teams at the top uh, of Class B. Um how about, how about the preview of Scott and Scott's Bluff and Waverly this week, which should tell us a lot about both teams. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. Next up, number three was Scott's Bluff, who they got it done, but 28-21 win, a little bit closer than maybe you, you would expect against a Grand Island Northwest team that um, is just one and four so far this season. Um, that's uh, – see, looking – there we go. Um Yeah, so they had, uh, man, <laughs> uh, Braden Stoll, uh, 100, 100 yards passing and 136 yards and a score on the ground. Sebastian Boyle, 28 carries for 152 yards and two touchdowns. I watched him uh, a couple of times on huddle just with the North Platte. Just film exchange, you get common opponents. Uh, boy, Boyle is a good player. Man, does he run hard. Yeah, so um s- seemed like. Scott's Bluff had no problems moving the ball, um, but just weren't able to put the ball in the end zone early on. They were down 14-7 at halftime, um, then tied it up in third quarter, and then won the fourth 7-0. So, um, yeah, again, that, that still boil one-two punch, um, that's, gonna, that's tough for teams to deal with. But uh, Northwest, Austin Payne, 309 yards passing, mm. uh, two touchdowns, so that's – kind of how they're able to hang in it. They could not run the ball against Scott's Bluff at all. 28 yards rushing total. Yeah, if you're uh, looking for a couple top 10 matchups, there's that one, Scott's Bluff and Waverly. And then you've got uh, Scott, who had an open week uh, with the forfeit, taking on Pius, who, I mean, quietly, tough schedule, but sitting at 3-2, and two, ranked number 8. That should be another fantastic matchup. Yeah, I'm looking at potentially uh, checking out that one on Thursday. You mentioned Waverly, who continues to roll 4-1 and one now, 35-7 uh, over a good York team. Um, just kind of c- controlling that one from start to finish. So um, Waverly s- sitting there at number 5 um, behind Elkhorn, and uh, I think they've really found their stride. So you got Blair at 6. I already mentioned that result. Um so that's kind of the the top of class B there. We'll see here with uh, Scott and, and Pius. I think Scott's been trying to figure some things out. We'll see if they were able to get some good work done during the bye week or the forfeit week um, And as Pius comes to Omaha. Yeah, we'll recap C1 to start next week. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, it's a Nebraska Preps postgame. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. We'll be back. Don't you dare miss us. A Huda Media Production.